and welcome to She's the Boss Chats. I'm your host, Jules Brooke, and in the show, I interview amazing women and female founders about what it is that they're doing and why they're doing it. It's all about us lifting up the women around us. Lucy Lloyd, I am so excited to be sharing your story and I can't wait to hear it all. So thank you very much and welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited too. It's my absolute pleasure. So let's start off by telling everyone about your amazing business. What is it that you do these days? So I'm CEO and co-founder of MentorLoop and MentorLoop is a software as a service platform. So we started life as a tech startup. Um, So it's a software platform that helps organizations build a mentoring culture. So we work with uh, corporates, universities, industry associations, communities, anyone who wants to connect their people in mutually beneficial mentoring relationships to for, you know, personal and professional development. Well, wow, it's just such a clever idea. And I heard about it when I was talking with Hewlett Packard a couple of years ago, and then I've heard it from other corporates. So can you explain sort of how does it work just before we get into your life? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Hewlett Packard are a client. So um, basically we we go into an organization and we help them build a mentoring culture. So practically right. what that means is we, um, you know, ask for expressions of interest. So we survey the kind of demand for for mentoring in the organization and uncover that demand. And there's often this latent demand that organizations have no idea about. They're always (laughs) surprised at the number of people who want to be involved as both mentors and mentees. And so they um, express interest. They fill some details in about themselves, what they're looking to achieve, what they can offer as a mentor. And then the platform helps match them with our matching algorithm and then nudge them into great behaviors so that their mentoring relationships flourish. Because I think, you know, we've all experienced mentoring programs before, Mm -hmm. you know, in a corporate environment (laughs) particularly. Um, And sometimes there can be this, you know, flurry of activity and fanfare up front, um, but then the program's kind of left to wither on the vine and people are left to their own devices a bit. Um, And so with MentorLoop, we wanted to provide a kind of helping hand that that helps people really build a a life-changing mentoring connection. So what does it do? Does it sort of schedule in weekly or monthly or whatever events so that they can't forget? It helps you set those, like MentorLoop helps the participants, mentors and mentees set the terms of their engagement and then holds them accountable to the terms of those that engagement. So, you know, they might say, yeah, we want to connect monthly. You know, we'll set up a recurring thing to connect monthly. Um, it'll prompt them to set the agenda for that meeting, to reflect on the last meeting, where they've come from and, and just, you know, basically make give a little bit of structure. People thrive with structure and thrive with constraints. So it just adds a little bit of structure to help them kind of build, you know, be their best selves. Well, it's just such a brilliant idea. And I mean, mentors are very much flavor of the month. Well, I guess post-pandemic particularly. But how did you come up with the idea? What Was there something that happened, like a light bulb moment? Yeah, I think for, it was a conversation over a glass of wine, to be honest, with with my co-founder, Heidi, um, where friends were <laughs> friends before we were business partners. Um, so we were having a conversation. I'd recently bo- moved back to um, Melbourne after living in London. She um, was uh, had a previous 
business that which was a job board for mature age workers and so we were both kind of on the okay. around the outside the outskirts of the tech scene here in in Australia and we were just kind of talking about you know how you make these transitions in your life how you wouldn't it be great if you could connect with a future version of yourself to kind of take you by the hand and guide you through those transitions like you know a sherpa for your career and yeah. we realized we were talking about mentoring and we said wouldn't it be wonderful if there was a dating site for mentoring so this idea, you know, after that glass of wine, you know, it stuck with us. And so we started researching it, speaking to people who were up to their elbows in mentoring, so running mentoring programs. Um, and the more conversations we had, the yeah. more we realized that there was something missing, you know, that, and what was missing was the, the platform where people could access mentoring and people could connect. And, and, and as I said, it would help them to achieve better results. That is so clever. I love it that the two of you did it over a glass of wine as well. The best things are thought out in those kind of casual situations. All right. So, Lucy, let's Absolutely. go right back to when you were a little girl. <laughs> I love asking this of people. So, we'll start off with what sort of size family did you grow up in? What did your parents do? Um, and where were you based? Sure. Um, I grew up in country Victoria. Uh, so, you know, country Australia and our, and the other side of Ballarat. Um, so okay. Southwestern Victoria. Uh, so dad was a farmer um, and my mum was a teacher. Uh, and I had right. two siblings, um, brother and sister. But what I also had, my mum, I had a big family. My mum has uh, eight sisters. She was one of nine girls oh in her family. <laughs> and my dad was one of Imagine four. Imagine having eight um, girls. Yeah, nine girls, all girls. Uh, nine so girls. I had a lot of aunties growing up, um, and I think <laughs> they've been pretty formative in my in my life and my career as all of these aunties, I these bet. wise women that I could tap into. So yeah, so my family was pretty matriarchal. <laughs> wow, it sounds amazing. And uh, where did and I love it that you grew up in the country. There are so many female founders that did grow up in the country. I think it puts a bit of a fire in your belly for some of you. So um, did you like school? Where did you go to school? How was high school for you? Yeah, I did. I went to school at first in the country and then came to Melbourne to go to school for when I was 15. Um, and, oh, boarding uh, school? Sorry? Was it boarding school? Yeah, boarding school. That's right. Did and, you like yeah, that? Yeah, I loved school. Um, I, uh, you know, I was, my mum was a teacher. I loved reading. You know, I, I, I loved learning. Uh, so, yeah, I, 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 I I thrived at school. Um, I, you know, also loved the, the social component of it, uh, particularly, you know, my <laughs> yes. high school years. Um, and, yeah, I <laughs> went to an all-girls school um, here in Melbourne. And then did you go on to uni? Yeah, that's right. Also in Melbourne here, I went to Melbourne Uni. I um, studied economics and French because I just had no idea what I wanted to do. So I, you know, studied a double degree that equipped me for almost nothing, basically. Um, <laughs> it's funny, isn't it, yeah, what we do? <laughs> it is. And it's just, it was just a general degree. So it was a BA, B, um, BCom. Uh, right. But, you know, again, it was five years of, you know, exploring and taking different subjects and understanding different things. And I spent a bit of time, like a year overseas, during that time um, on exchange in oh, where France, did you go Oh, I was an exchange. That's interesting. Where did you go? To Lyon in France. And was it wonderful? Yeah, it sure was. It was um, <laughs> It was amazing, you know, like just kind of a 22-year-old just let loose in, in, you know, a town in the south of France. It was phenomenal. 
So when you finished uni, what were your thoughts then? What was what what did you decide to do first? Well, because I'd studied economics, I was interested in policy, and so I actually went into government first. Um, so I did kind of a, oh. um, a one of those like graduate recruitment programs for the Victorian government here um, in Australia. Right. Uh, but I had while I was in France, you know, the year before, I'd fallen in love with a bloke um, who lived in ah. London, and so my government career didn't last long because I moved to. London to, to pursue that. And then that was right. when I fell into tech. And whereabouts in London did you live? Uh, Just because I, mean, I lived London, there myself. So kind of Southfields, <laughs> Wimbledon, yeah, that area. Lovely. And um, and so what? Do, how did you fall into tech and what kind of tech did you fall into? I um, I read a job <laughs> description that was, um, do you like bars and restaurants? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I really do like those things. Um, and the, the, that was the start of the job description, but it was basically kind of being a product manager, a project manager for a, a web agency, a digital agency that built websites for bars and restaurants. So that was their kind of specialty. So they would help okay. bars and restaurants um, you know, build their website, build their digital presence, you know, establish their social media, establish their, you know, search engine optimization, their position on Google, all of that stuff. And, you know, this was in uh, 2009. So Google Maps right. had literally kind of just come out, you know, six months before. So yep. it was, it was kind of people were just beginning to realize the impact that, um, you know, the kind of intersection of search and social media could have on their business's success. And I think um, having worked, I worked in a lot of uh, design agencies and ad agencies when I was over there. And I remember being amazed at how advanced they are, I guess, compared to here. Because when I came back, I think it took 15 years for some of the things to start happening over here. So do you, did you find it to be a really good grounding? And I imagine lots of fun if, because you presumably you went to all the bar openings. Yeah, and of course. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, sort of I, thing I, knew, as well. I, I knew my clients so well. You know, I had 100 clients and I knew everything about all of them, you know, because. <laughs> I would spend so much time wow. in their establishments. Um, so, yeah, and that's right. I think it's it's such a huge market over there. It's so mm. fast-paced. You know, I much was working for a web design agency that specialised in bars and restaurants, and there were probably 20 such web agencies in London at the time. And so just that concentration of competition makes things move so much more quickly. Um, and so it was. So it was a great grounding. So when I came back to Australia, um, I kind of – I'd been doing everything over there, but some Suddenly I was a specialist, you know, when I came back yes. here, um, which was, yeah, which was great as well. So I kind of got, I went deeper into search engine optimization when I got here, uh, got back to Australia. Okay. Um, which How long is, again, were you in London you know, for, by the way? For when you start your own business. Yeah. How long were you in London for? So how old were you when you came back, I guess is what I mean. Yeah. So I was only there for about 18 months. So I was probably 27 Ish. when I came back. Right. And and so you went into SEO um, work and then from there, how did you end up where you are now? So SEO, then into kind of back into digital agency. So my last, you know, real job um, was <laughs> digital director of an advertising agency. So I worked with this advertising agency and, and their clients on their digital, basically their digital strategy. So when they were launching into a new market, you know, what were they doing with social search, et cetera, et cetera. Well, weren't um, you the perfect person then to be starting your own digital business? Yeah, that's right. And so also a bit of product management and project management for 
building digital products. And so what I mean by that is like, you know, you might work with a a company and build, like manage the build of a back of office system to manage their bookings, for example. A lot of that stuff now you buy off the shelf, you know, there's, there's software subscription services for it. But back then, you know, companies would often build their own or they'd engage um, developers to build their own. So I had a bit of a background in that product management piece as well. Which is which would, again, be super useful for you. Absolutely. So, so um, when did you start Mentor Loops? So mentor Loop, sorry. Mentor one, loop. one Loop. <laughs> it's sometimes a mental <laughs> loop. Um, so we started in, uh, we started talking about it in like 2014, uh, 13, right. 14. So that was when that, um, that first wine fuel discussion happened. But we actually just started the business proper. So it became a business in 2016. So we've been, we're six years old this year. And then, ha- and and we will talk about a few other things. But I'm interested to know when you had a business like this, which was online and perfect timing. How did the pandemic affect you? Yeah, it was it was interesting. It was um, absolutely. It was like other, as opposed to you know a lot of businesses like hospitality, for example, we could pivot really easily to to you know go full remote in the space of half an hour. Um, we still had clients. We still had you know a job to do. Uh, but on the yep. other hand, we lost a lot of clients who we had a few clients in the travel space on, and hospitality oh, yes. who just could not justify the spend. We found that corporate HR was pretty paralysed by the pandemic for about six months. Yeah, I was going to say there was sort of like a, a, a stop on spending absolutely. and, oh, my God, what are we going to do for a while? How long did that last? Well, it probably hit us for 12 months. So it was probably just right. basically uh, we'd been growing beautifully. We had this beautiful growth curve, you know, just a, gra- a graph that <laughs> oh, went up no. and to the right, and then it just plateaued. Like, like for right. 2020, um, which was fine. I think a plateau was better than a dip. Uh, where we lost, we also kind of gained. And I think um, where we gained was the fact that now that people were remote, they still needed that sense of social connection. And so mentoring mm. was actually a great kind of glue to hold yeah. cultures together, to hold organisations together. Um, and, uh, you know, also we had this new kind of client emerge, which was uh, industry associations, community bodies who had this workforce who were sitting at home and felt completely disconnected from their industry all of a sudden and wanted to to, to forge greater connection. So in that sense, right. you know, it was actually, you know, it was, it made up for the losses basically. Right. And then how did year two treat you? Because by then the corporates were going, well, we can't sit paralyzed forever. Yeah. So that, that was a much, much stronger year for us last year in um, 2021. So um, I think probably personally, the team struggled more with it in 2021 than in 2020, because it was just kind of relentless. You know, I think we all thought yeah. at the end of 2020, ah, oh, gosh, that was a Thank God shocking it's over. year. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but so yeah, it was kind of business wise good, but personally and for our team, probably, probably worse. Um, yeah, I think uh, it was then, for everyone. You know, we feel we like couldn't we've, believe we've it hit was happening again, again really, could we? Yeah. Okay. So, so that all kind of went quite well. Um, and obviously since then you've completely flourished, I imagine. Yes, we have. I mean, our, our yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm just, you know, I always, I mean, I you always qualify, a- don't you? Like that's just what you do to yourself. You're like, <laughs> oh, but no, you're right. Yes. <laughs> and all, excuse me. <coughs> also because, um, I would imagine that coming out of this and the big resignation, you know, threat that was there and the staff shortages, et cetera, et cetera, that have happened this year have made mentoring even more important. Has that been the case? Yeah, that's right. 
I think that the there's been this acceleration of kind of the learning curve that the market was on. So, you know, people were gradually like we we were talking to potential investors kind of four years ago and they were like mentoring feels a bit niche, you know. Um, <laughs> and so there's been this acceleration in that learning curve and adoption curve of mentoring and now mentoring is kind of a, a given, you know, at a lot of organisations yeah. and certainly it's something demanded by millennials and our generation um, Z moving into the workforce. They, they expect, you know, they expect – to have access to, to senior people that they can learn from the things that they can't learn in, you know, from books or in courses. Yeah. And I imagine that you're just going to grow and grow and grow because it, it's just beginning, becoming more and more important. And I mean, I'm always out there telling everyone to get mentors as well, because it's, um, makes a big difference if you've got somebody to just, who, you know, has got your back Absolutely. as well as offering you advice and things, particularly as an entrepreneur. So I'm just interrupting for a second to tell you about our new podcast. She's the boss leaders. It is filled with more amazing interviews of incredible women. These these ones are from all around the world. So I have people from India, from Iceland, from London, New York, and different parts of America, and of course, Australia. So go and subscribe to She's the Boss Leaders. You are really going to love it. And the video interviews are on the YouTube channel. So, um, okay, now I want to ask you, because this is all about women in business. Actually, no, before well, I... Before I go into that, you mentioned capital raising. We are all, this is all about entrepreneurial women. Um, and a lot of them do try and access funding. And I think most of us know the abysmal stats that are out there around VC funding. Have you done a cap raise and how did you manage to do that? Yes, we have. We've done a couple. Um, and the, I guess, yeah, it's it's it's, it's tough. Out it's there. difficult. <laughs> yeah. So we uh, in 2016 is when formally became a business. Um, so early 2017, we ran kind of a seed round, basically, um, and we. In the kind of six months leading up to the round, we basically reached out. We just Googled investors, you know, Googled angel investor, VC. We didn't even know the difference between different types right. of investment and different types of capital, basically. So we educated ourselves and basically had coffee with kind of 100 different people over the course of, you know, six months. Uh, and each time we approached the conversation as if if you were to invest in us in six months, what would we need to look like? So we didn't right. go into those meetings Clever. asking for money. We were asking yep. for advice and there's kind of, you know, a saying in, in raising, if you ask for money, you get advice. If you ask for advice, then someone will want to invest. And so that kind of proved kind of true for us. And so we had all these uh, conversations um, and yeah. then we're kind of like, okay, well, we want to raise money. And we really had no idea what we were doing. So <laughs> we- As so many people don't that, the first that's time. Right. It's such a rarefied kind of space. And, and so- and you know, particularly for women, yeah. I think going after after money for which inevitably in especially, you know, five years ago was was tapping into men who just don't get a lot of stuff, as you said, you know, bit niche. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Bit niche. Mentoring. These two girls with their mentoring software. Um, I used to get that so, about PR. Same thing. Yeah, Why would yeah, anyone do right. it? Exactly. Exactly. Um so what we did was we we couldn't kind of get a big 
kind of fish over the line. We couldn't get a big investor convinced enough to put a big amount of money in. So what we ended up doing was running a party round. And so by party round, I mean, there are a lot of participants, you know, who are there to have a bit of fun, um, but not necessarily one big check. And so it was kind of like herding cats. But what we did was we um, issued kind of a two page, you know, brief on the business, gave them a deadline, you know, to respond to see if they were interested or not interested uh, by a certain date. And if they were interested, we'd open up our data room. So all of our, you know, financials and documents, you know, which didn't, there wasn't much in there, let me tell you. Um, and then, you know, based on that, would they want to put in and we, we put on a minimum um, investment amount of $25,000 per investor. And, you know, right. the first person came back and said, can I put $5,000 in? And we're like, yes, you can. Uh, so <laughs> we gradually got to um, $300,000 based on, yeah, these those 100 conversations turned into 14 investors who were willing to put in and that turned into our seed round of $300,000. Right. And 14 investors, that's a, that's a lot to manage. So <laughs> then you did a round two. Then we did a round two, which was much more, <laughs> which was still a party round, honestly. Uh, the rounds <laughs> are just like, our rounds were just a whirlwind of, of refusals, basically, and the occasional <laughs> yes. And so- Thank you for sharing that, because I think a lot of people would think, oh yeah, no, it's not, it can't be that hard, but yeah, it is no, very hard. You have to hard. get into this Zen place where you start to like- and you say this, but in the moment, like each time you hear the no, you've got to take the no, you've got to be grateful for the no, thank you for the no, because every no I get, I'm getting closer to the yes. Um, yes, because it's a numbers game. Exactly. And, and it was a numbers game. So, you know, 100 conversations for 14 investors. The next one was probably 50 conversations for maybe six investors. And, you know, it is it is a numbers game. Um, and also you realize how valuable the no's are because then there are the investors who never give you an answer. And, you know, they're just kind of like, oh, well, let me know who's in. Let me know how it's going. And they just waste your time. And oh, they're they're the so worst. chicken, aren't they? Yeah. Right. So the second round presumably was much bigger though, was it? Uh, no, it actually wasn't no. that much bigger. It was, oh, hang on. No, of course it was. It was, yeah, it was 750,000. That's right. Right. And you still did manage and, – and did you have a minimum of 50 grand or something for that one? Yeah, we did. And still, you know, we'd take a check of any size. <laughs> You're right, right. And so how many investors have you got now? We've got about 20 on, on the cap table. Oh, so that's not too bad. So a lot of the 14 then came back again. They did, yes. So they, they're they, smart. Yeah, exactly. And they're, you know, Good they're in- our early investors and they're really the most motivated, motivating thing that we have is is these people who are often just, you know, individuals running their own, like maybe they've got a self-managed super fund, they're having a bit of a dabble and they saw something that they liked in what we were doing. And so when we think about the future and we think about potential exit events, it's thinking about those people who backed us early that really motivates us. Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, Okay. Now, because this is about women in business, one of the things I like to ask is have there been any women that have helped you on your journey that you'd want to, you know, mention, give them a shout out? Because, you know, I just feel like women in business aren't visible enough. And so I like to give the opportunity. If you've had some amazing women who've sort of mentored you along the way, um, in any of your career, it doesn't just have to be in mentor loop. But are there any women that spring to mind, or not really? Yeah, no, there definitely are. I mean, I mean, look, it's, it's they're not necessarily actively in business anymore. But I mentioned my aunt no. <laughs> early on, um, and because yeah. I had so many aunts, you know, there were there were teachers, nurses, people who worked in government, writers, you know. Like business owners, etc. I had this wonderful oh, right. um, 
set of role models uh, who all, you know, all worked and worked hard and had, you know, different disciplines, different, you know, career transitions themselves. And so they, that kind of basis of seeing, you know, this exposure to, to women in business really helped build confidence in me. I think my co-founder Heidi oh, has, you know, obviously been very influential. She she was yes. probably the more natural entrepreneur between the two of us. So Heidi Holmes is her name. Um, and so right, her right. Con- so she's kind of dragged you along for the journey a bit. Yes, her conviction and her it? enthusiasm has has dragged me along for to a certain extent. Like I I kind of backed myself as a as a uh, an expert and someone who could deliver for my customers, um, but I I didn't. I wouldn't have made the jump without Think her. Think about doing so it for yourself. I'm very, yeah, exactly. I wouldn't have done it by myself. Oh, good on you, Heidi. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Big, big time. Right. And you're so lucky to have had all those aunts because they were obviously, you were able, whether you were consciously or not, look at all these women who did have careers and, and a couple of them, it sounds like, ran businesses. Absolutely. To give you that example that you knew that it could be done. Yeah, and I, it is. You, you can't be what you can't see. And I think um, no. that's, yeah, that's the, the important thing is that that visibility. Absolutely. And then um, we've talked a little bit about the pandemic, but there, have there been any other pivotal moments, I love that word, um, in your business where I guess what I'm thinking of is times that I have had where, you know, a developer walked away in the middle of a build of my SaaS platform or my I lost my best friend who was my business partner for a while. And at the time you just think, I don't even know how I'm going to go on. Mm. <laughs> but you do and you move direction and you do shifting and changing as you have to and innovate and you manage to keep going and, and, you know, I can look back on those times now and say I'm grateful for them really because they did set me in another direction. Have you had any moments like that in the business? Uh, Yeah, I think – I think the biggest like well, pivotal moment, I mean, it was the the big transition into like, because basically Heidi and I were working on Mentor Loop on the side for a couple of right. years before we went full into Mentor Loop as a business. And I think that decision to go full time and to go all in was really the hardest decision. And it was, yes. yeah, it was the most, and it was the most, I guess, emotionally difficult for us and the most frictional between us as well, because, you know, one day one of us might be more keen or less keen. There were family, you know, considerations around it. You know, where do we want our lives to go? What does this mean for our relationships and things? Um, And so we, and, you know, we, we, we kind of couldn't come up with the solution by ourselves and, and it was starting to become, you know, tense. An issue. And, And yeah, so, so what we did was we, to take the emotion out of it, we, um, said to ourselves, okay, well, if we can raise a minimum of $250,000, if we can, if we can get conviction from investors, from others, if we can get this like data point of like $250,000 worth of money is willing to back us in this journey based on what we've achieved so far, then one that gives us, you know, money to actually go full time and pay ourselves, you know, a very small salary, but also pay, you know, team and get developers to to build the next version of the product that we're developing. Um, So if we can get to that point, then yes, we go all in. And if we can't get to that point in say six months, then we, then it's not worth, let's go back to our, let's, let's call it. And so taking that decision, like removing the emotion from that decision by making it more data driven was, was really pivotal. And it's right. something that we try to use when, you know, because you do have emotional moments in business, like anyone who says you don't is, is lying, lying. Um, because so much <laughs> of your identity is tied up in it. Yes. And so, yes. yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're feeling uncomfortable and anxious and, you know, you don't know where to turn, then you just we just slow ourselves down and say, okay, like, 
full intellectual honesty, what does the data say here, not the feeling, the data, and, and that can help you, you know, make decisions and move forward. So what, while it was a side hustle, how did, how big was it by the time you decided to take the leap? Uh, look, we had, we had three customers. Um, so, you know, not very big. We were probably making- No, but that's l- still quite a juggle with a full-time job. Yeah, that's right. We were probably making, you know, maybe $1,000 a month or $2,000 a month, you know, like nothing much. Um, right. But yeah, it was, it was a huge juggle. And because at that point we were funding the development ourselves because neither of us is an engineer. We can manage it, but we, we, um, we're not engineers ourselves. So we were digging into our own pockets each month. One of us, we take turns each month to say who'd put the next thousand dollars in to pay the right. developers to build the next bit of the product. So it was very slow and painstaking and painful. Um, and yeah, and so you know we'd gotten three clients, and so we kind of that that was the story we told with the raise was kind of like we've gotten to this point by ourselves with you know with these clients. Um, yeah, we, that and was so the story when you made tell. the leap, and all of a sudden you got five days and forty hours, or really eighty hours, I guess, by the time you think of being an entrepreneur, how fast was the growth in order to give you that comfort that, okay, we're going to be able to match our old salaries? Uh, We still haven't got to that point. (laughs) Right. Okay. (laughs) I love your honesty because, you know, there are so many people who think that, you know, you just can jump in and build a big business fast, but it does take time and it takes a lot of effort and you've really got to love it and feel passionately that you're doing the right thing, which obviously you did. So, but I I can, I would imagine now that it's um, creeping up there. Yeah, it's definitely more, like it's, no, don't get me wrong. It's, it's comfortable, but yeah, no, we, we we still haven't gotten to probably our market rates five years ago. Um, Right. uh, I think the first six months of suddenly, as you, as you say, suddenly you've got all those hours in the week for your business. We actually probably wasted a lot of them. Like that first six months, we were just chasing every opportunity, you know, because you are so excited and you are so optimistic yeah. and you're like, suddenly we're free. We're free to pursue this thing that we've been talking about for, you know, a few years now. And yeah. so, you know, someone calls you up and says, oh, my nephew's just done a development course. Do you want him to develop your app? You're like, yes, we do. And then, you know, <laughs> someone else calls you up and gives you another opportunity. Like, yes, I'll do that too. Um, and so we did a lot of wheel spinning for the first six months. And then we kind of, again, bring the data into it, bring the intellectual rigor and honesty into it. It's like, what do we actually want to do? What do we need to do? Again, what do we need to do to get to that next point where we can raise that next amount of money? And, you know, the answer for a business like ours, for a software as a service business is you need monthly recurring revenue. So we set that monthly recurring revenue goal and then everything we did had to contribute to it in some way. So someone called up and said, my nephew, you know, knows how to use Photoshop. Do you want him to do some work for you? We would say, no, thank you. We don't need that. That's not actually going to get us to our goal. So that was that Clever. first six months of wheel spinning eventually came back to you You need this North Star that you're aiming for and that'll change over time, but you you really do need that navigational tool. Wow. I'm just learning so much out of this as well. So each year do you sit down and say, or every six months or how frequently do you sit down and say, okay, this is the next goal to reach? Yeah, we do. And look, it's been a journey with Mentor Loop. So we're a team of 16 now. We've got 13 in, in Melbourne and, and three in the UK. Um, we In the UK? So you can target the UK at the yeah, same time? Yeah, that's right. So yeah, we, we launched kind of into the Brilliant. UK a couple of years ago. Um, so we are getting better at this. Um, I think goal setting at an organization, at a company level, you know, it's, it's a real challenge, you know, to get goals yeah. that people, that everyone can feel connected to and then ladder those goals down so that 
everybody feels like they're, you know, contributing to the broader um, theme. And so we used yeah. to set like three goals a year and or four goals a year and they'd be along different themes and, you know, who's working on this, who's working on that, and now we just set one. <laughs> right. Um, and that, that's it. It's just like this is what we're doing this year. Just, you know, point to the sign kind of thing. We repeat it at the start of every kind of team meeting. We, you know, everybody knows. There's no there's no grey area and I think that's something we've had to learn, you know, that, that you get uncomfortable repeating yourself but you have to do it to keep everybody aligned yeah wow amazing okay how are you now you've got this lovely business and it sounds like you might have a family as well how do you juggle work and life how do you avoid burnout what sort of hours are you working uh Look, we've always been pretty good with that. Um, we work oh, well kind done. of a nine till five, like occasionally, you know, like of right. course you work longer. You work eight yeah. till seven yeah. kind of thing. But, you know, I think particularly for, for Heidi and I, the pandemic and everybody going full remote helped us as well um, release ourselves from the kind of nine till five shackles, you know, because we yeah. certainly had this perception ourselves that if you were employed at a job, you should be in that room, in that office, you know, from, from you know, before nine and after five kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so I think we're much more flexible now. We, we run our kind of hybrid of operation at Mentor Loop. So the team come in a couple of days a week and, and you know, as and then choose what they do for the, the other three days and, and most of them right. will probably spend it at home. I like to come into the office every single day because I'm just old school like that and I, I like to have a space for it and I think yeah. having a space for it is really important. Um, I, I think that that's the trick for separating it actually. I think you do really well if you leave. So work is done in the office and home life is done at home yeah, with a tiny bit of crossover sometimes. but. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Well done. You sound like you've got it all worked out. <laughs> okay. Lucy, last but quirkiest question. Um, is there a quirky fact about you that most people don't know, but that you'd be up for sharing? Um, <laughs> this is a hard one. I um, look, you know, particularly as our business has matured, I've started to like, honestly, I was a hundred percent mental loop for like four years, basically. Right. So now I've just started to think about, okay, what actually happens after mental loop or when mental loop isn't all consuming. And so yeah. I'm, I'm learning how to make wine. Oh my God. I love it. And it's the idea that you're going to go and live in France and well, have yeah, a maybe vineyard. Now that you've mentioned it, but no, I think <laughs> the idea would just be that like, well, I've, I've done a couple of harvests. So the idea would be that, you know, I, Having done a harvest, I actually, you know, maybe do a vintage, you know, experiment, small batch, wow. and then, you know, see see where that takes me. So I've always <laughs> been interested in wine. I think, you know, we we all, you know, like most people are quite interested in wine. Yes, um, <laughs> but you know, in in tasting it, but also in making it, I just think it's kind of magic. Um, and so yeah, yeah so it's lovely to spend time outside in beautiful places and pick grapes and then see what they turn into. So that's wow. kind of, yeah, that's something that I'm looking at on the side. That's very cool. Oh, my God, Lucy, you are so amazing. Thank you for being so open in this chat too. I'm sure it will make a lot of difference to the women who are listening to it. Um, if anyone wants to know more about Mentor Loops or get in contact with you, what's the best way to do that? Uh, just lucy at mentorloop.com um, or reach out on LinkedIn. I'm yeah, always happy to chat to anyone whether they're wanting to start their own business or a mentoring program or, um, yeah, now, now why? Well, maybe as they well. can help you advance yeah. this uh, into other countries. I'm very excited to see what you do over the next few years. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for having me, Jules. Oh, it's been my pleasure. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of She's the Boss Chats. For more information and to find out about our other initiatives, including our weekly lunch for female founders and our TV show, 
go to she'sTheBoss.com.au. 